Okay, um, we're live. <laughs> Literally everything that can possibly go wrong today is going wrong. That's why you see two bottles of gin on the desk today. <laughs> Classic. Um, <laughs> Classic. So, yeah, sorry guys. Traffic like literally took me twice as long to get here as it normally does. Um, got here, camera's not working, which never happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, so my bad, but thanks for, to everybody who's still sticking around to tune in. We were gonna like start off with some NBA stuff, but since it is 5.30 on the dot, I'm gonna go ahead and introduce our guests who we have coming on to talk about the NFL draft with us. Well, actually, I should start with the guest who's here in the studio. Who is Flint? Flint, I'm gonna let you introduce Hello. yourself. I'm not even sure how to present. I'm Flint. I'm coming to. First of all, thank y'all for having me. Of course, I really appreciate it. Of and course. I'm just coming to y'all. As you can see, I don't know if you can see. I'm coming to you as a Cowboys fan, <laughs> and I'm coming here with baby. In case y'all didn't know, this is baby. I don't know. You can put a face to it now. All the yes. comments and all the Flint says. In my household, this is this is but, my house. Uh, I'm just coming as. A Sports fan and uh, just give just to give uh, my I don't know what y'all gonna ask me what's gonna be but I'm just coming as a fan it's I don't I don't great. have any insider information I'm not especially special <laughs> in that way I'm just you know a uh, coming as a fan and again thank y'all for having me yes Flint is a big part of the reason that S Payne is a Cowboys fan so correct <laughs> probably hundred percent I'm sure Can we zoom out a little bit this is real you can see my pores. <laughs> So um, the people that we have coming on to join us, uh, they've been fans probably as long as Flint, definitely longer than S. Payne and I. Mm -hmm. um, we've got a couple of guys from Pick 6 Sports. If you read any of the articles that I write, I've mentioned them a couple of times. I mentioned them in an article that I wrote this morning nice. about why Cowboys fans should watch uh, Cowboys content creators for their draft content as opposed to mainstream networks like certain four-letter networks that keep mentioning the Cowboys for no reason. <laughs> no, I don't think they have any inside <laughs> Information either. I wonder. <laughs> Shout out to Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> what the fuck? Capitalizing um, on that. <laughs> Come on over, but Steve. Coming into the studio, joining us, we've got uh, the biggest draft nerd I've ever met in my life, and I mean that in the most endearing way possible. We've got Dom White, and we've also got BJ Nix, the host of the best Twitter Spaces, uh, Cowboys-related Twitter Spaces, um, on Twitter right now. Nice. So add and oh, yeah. add. Hey, you guys, what's, what's going on? Go what's ahead good? and say what's something good? so I can make sure that I can hear. Yes. Okay. We can hear this. Dom, can you hear you? Good. Okay. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay. This nice. part is. This part I'm is like, I hear everybody. So that's all. Okay. Nice. We're good. That's important. Okay. And then, like, I created a special background for y'all. Let me see if I can. Let's go. There we go. Well, I, mean, I see the star. Yeah, I see the star. I like it. I see the star. Hey, that's what matters. Close enough. We see it. I, I could have just we'll know to why make them smaller, but like the way today is going, we'll just we'll just let things go. So, um, part of the reason I brought Nix and Dom on this show today is because they are going to be hosting a live show during the draft, right after, right after we're done, actually. So it's nice. going to start thirty minutes before the draft is set to start. Um, and when I realized, I don't know if we, if we told this story to the crowd yet about how um, I didn't know that we actually had a show scheduled today. And then when yeah, I realized, I don't think we like, have because this was like a couple <laughs> days ago. So by the way, we're scheduled on Thursday. Yeah, right before the draft. So um, I that's good timing though. But that's good timing. I mean, have one on draft day right before the draft. That's that's 
a pretty happy little accident there. <laughs> I guess I could consider myself lucky. Um, so what I ended up doing was I was like, well, we don't talk about the draft that much. We touched on it, but it's new to both of us. New to both of us. I was like, yes, well, very. I should bring some people on who can actually give the people a little bit of insight about the draft. So um, before we get like too deep into draft talk, um, go ahead and talk about like for those people, for the people watching who aren't as familiar with you, talk about just like how long y'all have been Cowboys fans, how long you've been doing uh, pick six and what your background is as far as like your expertise in talking about the draft. Uh, Dom, go right ahead, sir. <laughs> yeah. You know, for me, fortunately, I was one of those guys that grew into uh, being a Cowboys fan. And, you know, there's some Johnny come lately. There's some guys that uh, were able to, um, become fans because of maybe some recent success. Uh, but I'm one of those guys where I was in the in-between. I'm 37 years old, so I was a little bit too young to really feel and experience the fullness of the early Super Bowls in the 90s, but I was right there on the tail end of it. So I'm an interesting fan in the fact that I have a couple of teams that I follow. The Cowboys are my favorite, but I'm also an Indianapolis Colts fan. So I just like good football, and I want to see good football played. But in the meantime, as I scout and look at uh, these collegiate players as they're trying to obtain their dreams and goals of making it to the league, I just love to follow these young men as they're in their college careers. But even before that, I like looking at the high school recruiting ranks. So since 2013, I've been scouting high school athletes, also those in college, and then uh, the NFL draft. And in that draft, um, we were able to secure some pretty good talent for the Cowboys. So it's been a long time coming, 10 years. Uh, BJ here. Uh, Next, this guy has been doing some great work on the scenes, on videos, having groups. And we were able to meet from a group that he created. Uh, and I was always in the mentions, in the comments, uh, behind the scenes doing little things. And he was able to pull me out of the darkness and put me in <laughs> marvelous light. <laughs> so this is my first. This is my first draft season, really uh, contributing to Pick Six Sports. Nice. Yeah. So uh, how much time we got? Uh, I'm old. So <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I was around unlike Dom, a little bit older than Dom. So I was around for uh, the one in fifteen and felt the uh, the pain of that. And but I was there for the nice juicy three Super Bowls and enjoying that run. And and then out here like Moses in the wilderness of uh, we're just trying to find a way. Almost forty years now trying to figure it out. So um, personally, for me, started doing uh, content NFL wise actually first. Always been a Cowboys fan. It's tatted on my body. I'm a Cowboys fan from the jump. <laughs> um, I started doing a uh, content and you know, I was doing an NFL podcast uh, for a couple of years. And uh, then I just kind of pivoted like, man, I just really want to talk Cowboys. That's kind of where I want to be at. And kind of pivoted over there. And, and, and it um, originally started out as Stargate is what it once was. And sometimes you just find out as you're going through the ladders and figuring things out, you know, hey, sometimes you got to change the name a little bit. You know, because some people don't miss, oh, gang, give us a gang of fans, but oh, the gang, ah, okay. So, and then we re, um, we went into the into the lab and came out with Pick 6 Sports, and uh, this is going into our second year now. And, uh, of course, Dom, always been great on the back ends. Uh, I had to cherry pick him for the draft. What's that, two years ago or one year ago? I could have been like, Dom, get on here. That's day three. I know you're ready. Probably three, yeah. Yeah, three years ago. 
and uh, he was out there on the front porch. So I'm like, Dom, come on, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, man. Um, <laughs> Professor O as well, too. Shout out to him. You know, it, look, it just it, it got added to a group. Man, man I was like, Ooh, come on, come on, Professor O. Let's go. You guys have something to do here. So um, I just enjoy, you know, that meeting different people, getting to do things I never thought I would do, and uh, just, you know, enjoying the ride and see where it takes us. So, uh, you know, Spoonie, they just like small things that happen, right? I met Spoonie at the 2018 draft. Uh, for the when it was in Austin for the Cowboys and met him there and then and at that time I was doing NFL content he happened to be doing NFL content too and fast forward a year later just being the content I was like hey I know you got that going on over there I'm gonna do this over here what's up and man he came along for the ride and uh, here we are so and you know now I'm here on BLS and and get to meet her and her co-host I got to watch y'all the backgrounds before nice. so um, fun time and shout out to Jay Tucker just got off he's on Radio Row right now I was just over there I was looking at the clock I missed it. hey man I gotta go I gotta get over here to BLS I gotta go so it's a it's a, it's a it's a very hectic time as well too which makes it fun. That is so crazy that you ended up um, meeting so many of these people by chance because like every mm-hmm. time I watch all on YouTube. I'm just like impressed with the crew that you have put together because y'all have like a better panel put together than than some of the stations that like take resumes and, <laughs> and like and gather headshots and vet people and just do all this work and y'all just have an amazing crew just off you meeting people. But you you really do a good job of like really bringing people in. Like I tell people that like being on Twitter is like going to a party and just kind of like shouting out into the crowd. Like when you first get there, you're just shouting out and hoping like, you're like, hey, anybody Echo like- chamber, <laughs> let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then one day I was like, hey, I, I like the Cowboys. And somebody was like, oh, you do? And it's like, y'all have basically been the people at the party who are like, you didn't bring no friends? Like, come, come over here. You can- Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so on the show that y'all are going to be doing, by the way, what time does it start? I think I got the wrong. No, you got it right. Uh, it, it's 730, 730 Central. Eastern? Yeah, it's 30 minutes before it starts at 8 o'clock. Yeah. Right. Okay, 730 Central. Yeah, we debated going an hour early. And I'm like, look, man, the, the spaces, the shows, the the, the 11, uh, the draft series and everything else. I'm like, we'll just go 30 minutes early. We'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, sure. it'll be fine. Um, okay, so what should people expect to see from whenever y'all are covering it, like what is your style? What do you like to bring to the people in terms of commentary? Yeah, I think we, you know, outside of just the Cowboys because we go through it. I think a lot of things we like to do is, you know, we talk about leading up there. Obviously you have the time frame as it's counting down and try to make it make sense. You know, now obviously sometimes there's some wild card picks and you're like, Oh, didn't expect that. And then we would explain that. But, you know, just like in the spaces, I think the biggest thing that we really try to turn our attention to and what we want to do is, Provide the context, right, and, and what really matters to it, and not just fluff and, oh, well, yeah, of course, they needed a running back. Well, no, they took this running back because he means more in their system than this other guy. Mm-hmm. So, man, we just try to put the context to these players and what they're coming from and what they're picking and how it makes sense for those teams. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we live and die with every single Cowboys pick. <laughs> and I got the encyclopedia yeah. over here with Dom anyways. Even if I don't know the guy, Dom's right. going to know the guy. So, I mean, right. we're in good hands. And another thing is that we want to provide our fans and followers is as the draft is progressing from one pick to the next, when you start to see – like maybe a certain position group get taken first. It's like, uh-oh, if we were very interested in that position group and already the top guy has been taken, and then the second guy that we have ranked in that position is taken, look out. Like last year, Knicks was perfect on that when it came to Dallas needing interior offensive linemen, guard specifically, 
And there's a kid uh, who's now playing at Houston. It's named Kenyon Green, who was a Texas A&M guard. And he was one of the better touted ones in the draft. When you saw him go at, I think, pick 15. Yep. And we were at 24. It was over. There, were, uh, there was one more yeah. guy that we yeah. and he's a good guy, Zion Johnston. And then as soon as you saw Kenyon Green go at 15, you knew there's no way Dallas is going to be able to get one of these better guards. And, hey, but thankfully, the draft guards worked its way where we were able to get Tyler Smith, who was yes. at that time kind of an unknown amongst most uh, who follow the draft. You have to be like a two percenter type draft guy to have even thought Tyler Smith <laughs> was a two percenter. Like this guy So that's what we'll do. <laughs> yeah. And so as as the draft progresses, we're looking at what other teams need and maybe try to see if we could guess before the clock strikes and before the pick is in who they may get and how that would impact Dallas. So you'll often hear us say, oh, man, that's a good one right there. We needed that player to go ahead of us at pick 26 because what it does is push talent that we really covet closer to us at pick 26. Makes sense. Yeah, Dom's definitely a two-percenter. And, oh, Congratulations on getting 500 followers. I know I told you, uh, <laughs> yes. but he's been working Got on building his following um, for a while. So Good if you are watching this, actually, I'm going to hide this for a second so you can see Dom's Twitter. If you are watching this, make sure you follow Dom. He covers the draft year round. So nice. like he, he like he'll follow people like into their college career and then keep following them as they go into the pros. So it's like if you want to be like five years ahead of the game. Um, just like start paying attention now. I literally, <laughs> I literally have a searchable nice. document that's like NFL draft 2026. That's just like what is Dom talking about? It's, yeah, it's, it's not a lot on there, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, if you want to be ahead of the game, like, he's definitely a good follow. Um, so speaking of like keeping people abreast of what's happening with the draft, um, there's already been a little bit of movement today. So we've got the deal with Lamar Jackson, right. um, which Paid, <laughs> no a and and no agent paid. Right, agent. I was for, like, for, wow. for, for that agent. Sorry, I just want to throw it out there for all that. All of you had an agent to be paid already. Hey, he's paid, no agent. Sorry, mm-hmm. my fault. Mm-hmm. Crazy. He pulled it off. So we, yeah. we had that he happen, and then um, what else happened? There was something else that was. Oh, we got the Cardinals on the. They got the Cardinals right now, and yeah. you know there was a couple of different things that popped with the Cardinals. Were they were going to fight? Dom, this is the trade that we talked about in the space. Maybe the Cowboys at one point in time would flip twenty six to thirty four and just take you know the thirty fourth pick in DeAndre Hopkins. Well, we heard the Ravens were going to get involved with that and do it, but now there's been a little bit of a backdrop here where the Cardinals are talking to the Houston, not the Houston, excuse me, but Tennessee Titans right now, and them coming up from 11 to 3, and maybe D-Hop's going to be a part of that. So it's a lot of uh, stuff in motion at the moment right now. I think the biggest takeaway there of these teams coming up, or, well, specifically the Titans, screams that Houston's going to take a, not take a quarterback, which we were kind of on the fence already about that anyways, but now I think when we're hearing about Houston, or excuse me, uh, Tennessee coming up and whatnot, okay, now we're kind of getting a little bit of a clearer picture that the the Texans are not going to take a quarterback at two. So who will they take then? Because I thought for sure they were going to take a quarterback. Will Anderson. Yeah, it'd be Will Anderson. And if we kind of just get removed ourselves this whole time anyway from the quarterback talk, because it seems as if 
quarterback would have been the natural pick since their organization kind of starting over, just got a brand new head coach who's a defensive minded guy, but yet it's going to provide some of that youth and, and spunk to the team. You think, all right, get your young quarterback, build the line around him and then move forward. But now, as we now can remove ourselves from that, when you go back two years ago and watch these guys play, Will Anderson was already being touted as the number one guy in this draft class, just pure talent alone. He had a great 2021 season for Alabama, but had to return to school because he wasn't draft eligible. And he did well this year in 2022. So, He's been a guy for years now that people have known is going to be a top five pick. And it's been argued that he would be the number one overall talent. So it would make sense if Houston decided to go ahead and take that top talent. Have yeah. y'all have y'all heard anything about uh, possibly Tyree Wilson being because of having a higher ceiling? Have y'all heard anything about him going to instead of Will Anderson? There's some. There's been conversation, but there's also some medical conversations now. Maybe with the foot and the ankle. Now, okay. size profile wise, he makes a ton of sense, right? And I kind of echoed it too. You look at the Texans last year. Obviously, different coach, but everybody thought, oh well, they're gonna get sauce, and it's like, nah, we're gonna take Stingley. So yeah. here, with their, you maybe it's it's Will Anderson. Well, nah, actually, we're gonna take uh, Tyree instead. So it wouldn't surprise me, but it's definitely gonna be edge though. Right. Um, the only thing I would push back with the Titans coming up, are they out on the quarterback that they took last year from Liberty? Is that where we are? Because if they're going to make that move. Typically, if you make that big of a move, it's not for anything else other than the quarterback. But do you think it would be for Abed Salam and Dom to help them out? Because obviously they lost uh, uh, Tyler Lane. Uh, he's cut. He's gone. So could it be? The Titans. Yeah. I mean, Aren't they also losing Derrick Henry, though? So might they- Not yet. They, they said they're open to trading him. Right. We'll see. Yeah, there's we'll the see. possibility that it might be for an offensive lineman, but the probability is that it has to be something else because we've talked about how this offensive line class doesn't have like a true blue chip type of talent. That just means a guy that you're saying is a surefire top five, top ten player. Paris Johnson is nice. He's the left tackle out of Ohio State. Broderick Jones, another left tackle. Uh, from the SEC out of Georgia, only played 16 games in his career, but he's got the upside because he's very athletic. Those two are kind of balling it out as like your more prototypical left tackles. But then Peter Skaronsky has been probably the guy with the highest floor and the most experience being a three-year starter for that Northwestern squad out of uh, the, the Big 12 Conference. So, but But yet it just seems like that pick, that spot is a little too rich for those players. So you would seem as if it's got to be quarterback, uh, something like that, or an edge player uh, makes sense because we talk about the money five positions and those being two of the positions that are premium positions uh, within the NFL. Okay, that makes sense. So with that being the case, I guess, well, one, do any of these moves, do you think they'll impact anything the Cowboys decide to do today? I think, <laughs> I think I've heard your opinion on this already. Before um, you finish, Dom was like, yes, <laughs> yes, it will. The best, the best news is the fact that Lamar Jackson did get that deal done with the Ravens because the worst thing we could have seen happen is him go to San Francisco, who's mm-hmm. put us out 
the last two years in the playoffs to add a talent like that. And we know that there are some GMs out there who will will and deal. They don't worry about what's going to happen to the salary cap or the depth of the team next year. They're all about the now. And San Francisco is one of those squads like Philly who's all about the now. We'll make the later work, but we need the talent right on this team now. So I'm glad he got his money. Plus, we're all about the players getting their money. Let's be real. This generational wealth, this is life-changing. Like I said, generational changing. It's all about that progeny. So, yeah. It, that's a big deal. And then the fact that a guy like D-Hop might be included in a package uh, for uh, the Cardinals to be able to do something, that will impact us because, again, it's about those positional rankings. It might cause them the team that's acquiring him to no longer need a receiver. So it might push a receiver that we like at Pick 6 Sports, like a Zay Flowers mm-hmm. or a Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison, it might push one of those guys down closer to us to where we just want good talent left on the board at 26 that we're high on. So the more we can push them towards us, the better it is. Yeah, it's, it's just about casting the big net. And, you know, hey, all the quarterbacks, I want all the quarterbacks. Hey, man, can 10 quarterbacks go? I want 10. Yeah. Now, 10 I, I know there's early. not 10. Leave everybody yeah, let me get 10. Yeah. 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 All the quarterbacks, let, let them fly. Yeah, let, let, let them fly. Let, let the majority of the old uh, offensive linemen go. Not your guy, now, but everybody else offensive line can go ahead and get up the board and get out of here. Uh, Brian Perse, go ahead, sir. Exit yourself. You know, uh, Luke Van Ness, Ed Lucas Van Ness, go ahead, sir. You go ahead and go. Uh, you know, you just want those guys to kind of push up there to push these other guys down, you know, uh, to where the Cowboys feel pretty comfortable with, with what's on the board there. And, you know, for the first time in a long time, I, the, the Cowboys could take six different positions at 26, and I'm not surprised. And that's just an aching to what they've done this offseason and how they built this thing together and what they've uh, brought in-house via trade and uh, re-signing their own and some outside signings. But yeah, they can really attack this thing any way they want to. Now – Oh, go ahead. I was just going to ask y'all. I don't know if this ties into the last question, but I was, I'm just curious because for me, how do y'all feel about Nolan Smith if he's there at 26? Are y'all all over that? <laughs> are, y'all, are y'all all over that? Are you, are you concerned about getting a smaller defensive end? And, and you know, how do y'all yeah. feel about that? I, I mean, I like Nolan Smith. I do you know, too. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. I do too. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be concerned. I wouldn't be concerned about bringing him in here and letting Dan Quinn get his hands on him. And, and again, yeah. you're looking for that. And that's with the ten quarterbacks or this. You're trying to get one of those kind of guys down the board too. Right. That you right. say, hey, I can't trade away from this. I need to take it. So yeah, no, I would. I wouldn't have any problems taking Nolan Smith at uh, 26. Okay. I will play the contrarian. That's fair. Mm, okay. All right. Now Nolan Smith is a guy that you look at him. The traits are there. The mm-hmm. tools are there. And what we mean by that is extremely athletic guy. He's one of those one percenters in this draft when it comes to just sheer athleticism. He can bend. He's a powerful guy. I love in one of his interviews, he mentioned, yeah, I might be slight in size as far as being 235 pounds. Country strong. But I'm country strong. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever faced one of them guys who are just the strength that's just on a different level. You might shake the hand and feel it. Or when you yeah. do the bro hug and you bump, you might feel it then. Or like the <laughs> little forearm, you feel it. Some guys got that old man strength, that country strength, and he seems to be one of those guys to have it when you watch him on film. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing that you do have to 
worry yourself about with is using the label of boom bust mm. because this is one of those prospects where yeah the upside is tremendous but the years that he was there at Georgia he quite didn't put it all together you didn't see that athleticism on full display now granted Georgia is dripped and draped with talent every right. single right. year you had guys who became first round NFL picks as defensive ends that have to transfer out of Georgia just right. so they can get some shine. Right. I'm talking about uh, Johnson last year in the draft who went to Florida state and is a, a, a rookie last year did okay in the league for himself, but uh, Georgia is just stacked. And so you can argue he didn't get full opportunity to really show from a snap on or play by play snap by snap basis. But I do want to say you got a caution because one of the things that I love to see is when a player shows the production, they have the production in college that often translate into the NFL. A lot of times where you see a defensive ends missed by um, uh, NFL teams is whenever they're trying to reach so much and rely so much on the talent mm -hmm. and thinking that, man, if we can just get them in and groom them, put some peanut butter in the system, some late night water Yeah. Some late, late night water burger runs. Uh, you, think, you, you think like, all right, we can mold this guy, but you do have to caution. However, with all that said, I can't play the contrarian too long. I love the talent. He's yeah. one of those dream options. If he's there at 26, cause you pair him with a guy like Micah Parsons. Right. You can do right. so much with, <laughs> the front seven for the Cowboys. Right. Yeah. And, and the one thing too, that when you talk about the, the traits and the one, the biggest change from the McCarthy era, from the previous era, they've been very much on drafting traits, getting in the building and, and coach them up. Unlike the other side, they want to ready made guys kind of go from right. there. Hence why we kind of see some of the younger guys get more playability uh, under this coaching regime. And you see some results better from the backups or these younger guys because they're looking for traits. They're not worried about their system, and they'll coach up those traits. And when you got when you have next level traits, and you got the right kind of teacher, you see the results. Right. Yeah, and Mike McCarthy has spoken on that in interviews. And as a coach, I I really do appreciate his perspective on you know looking at traits um, and and just getting people in and coaching them up um, because essentially what he was saying was just that you know. Well, kind of kind of what you just said, Nick, what he was saying was that, like, you know, sometimes people get distracted by, you know, some of the performances of younger players and don't really look at like, OK, what are they really bringing to the table as far as like what they're good at? Like, let's get past wins and losses and the stats, you know, which are all situational. And like, let's really look at, you know, what they're what they're actually good at. And I was just like, yes, that is that is so smart. Um, I don't know what time you all have to go. Do, do you do we have time for one more question? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, because uh, speaking of the McCarthy era, <laughs> it's got some people questioning the information. Well, I won't call it information. The um, speculation about Musgraves. <laughs> and I didn't get to hear Dom's <laughs> perspective on that earlier. So I'm just curious, like, what do you think about him being mocked to the Cowboys, especially at 26? Some of all people in the first round. What are your thoughts on seeing that? So I just talked about how Nolan Smith is a dream scenario to be at 26. <laughs> Musgrave is a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord, help us all. So, you know, there's a lot of smoke today about Dallas and 
the sweepstakes on a tight end. But you see the names of the top three, top four guys being mentioned attached to Dallas with Musgrave being one. The issue that I had with him, and I'll have to give it to my buddy, uh, Russell, he's uh, he's big about tight ends who can actually bring you something after the catch. Can you break tackles? Can you actually run away from people if you can't break tackles because of your athleticism? You can just pull away. When I look at Musgrave, he's a guy that he's a willing blocker. Um, he's got okay hands. But when I see, do you have the ability just to make true plays and break away and have the strength? I don't quite see it. So he's one that I still like him. Don't get me wrong. I don't value that at 26, what he brings. I'd rather reach on a guy like Washington, Darnell Washington out of Georgia, because he brings something that no other guy in that tight end group has, which is ready-made blocker. Then you have the body being 6'6", 6'7". Maybe he can turn into something as a pass catcher. So Musgrave for me, mm, mm, nightmare. And it, it, it's also funny too. Like they've basically mocked every tight end to the Cowboys outside of Washington. Every single one of them, Laporta, uh, Musgrave. I mean, everybody but Washington. So I know there was some 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 side reports two days ago. I think it was that maybe there's some medical stuff with Washington. I haven't found anything. We talked to uh, Professor O as well. He didn't come up with anything. Uh, but I, I'll caution Cowboys Nation, and we talked about this a lot, Dom, through the draft show, and we talked about this a lot uh, during and right after the combine. The Cowboys love Mozzie Smith, and I'll just leave it at that. I like Mozzie Smith too. I, was, <laughs> I like Mozzie Smith too, what even if like it's it? at twenty six. What do you like, like about Mozzie? Because the thing is, we struggle to. I'm glad they resigned Hankins, mm-hmm. but our run defense, our run mm-hmm. defense is an issue. We got to deal with Philly. We got to deal with San Francisco. We need to be able to stop the run. And and I don't the thing is the Cowboys they they tend from where I'm sitting, they tend to get caught up in this well I want them to be able to stop the run and rush the passer like. But you see what happened when we got Hankins last year. Yeah. Like in Mozzie Smith like he's a he's a wall. Like is he going to be able to come in there and get you some sacks? Maybe not, but if you can play him on first and second down, if you can play a combination of him and Hankins on first and second down and we can be stout in the run mm-hmm. game, then that sets up our, our guy. That sets up look, we want Parsons and Lawrence, yeah. you know, running. I was going to say and I give you another one. If you find a way to get a push in the middle, they don't have to be sack guys, but if the Cowboys and they lack this rushing the pass last year, they didn't have a lot of push in the middle. Right. If you if you get some push in the middle, Parsons probably turns into a 20 sack guy. There we if go. You get the, if you get there the push go. in the middle, for sure. There something. we go. There we go. There we go. So. Yeah, and I, I respect that take, and I respect uh, what you're mentioning because that has been a problem that has ailed Dallas in the past is the interior push, not necessarily the pass rush, but just the push because we all know that a quarterback's worst enemy is that pressure from the middle to have that pocket collapse because what they want to do is avoid the edge rushers by stepping up in the pocket, gliding in the pocket, or being able to maneuver within the tackles. Like a guy like Tom Brady. We know Tom Brady was never the most athletic quarterback in the league. However, he was one of the more agile within the pocket because he had great awareness. But 
Bill Belichick all those years was smart enough to solidify the interior mm-hmm. as far as that offensive line was concerned. So you saw Tom being able to step up and get the ball out of his hands really fast. But when you got a guy that is talented as an interior defensive lineman who can at least hold your own, stay stout, and do what we call two-gap, which means you're not only just slashing one hole trying to get pressure, you're able to engage with the offensive lineman, have vision, look up, and make a determination on where you need to go. Maybe I'm going to my left or to my right. You need more guys like that. That requires strength. That requires girth. And what Dallas has done for a long time was rely on drafting guys who are smaller defensive tackles, who are extremely quick, that could penetrate fast. And the problem is it never panned out. They literally used out of since 2016 in the Dak Prescott era, they have used quite a few picks on the interior defensive linemen. The problem is it's those smaller types. Mm -hmm. So out of the 15 picks, of second round and third round combined picks in the last uh, seven drafts, they've used five of those 15 on those smaller guys. So 33% of their day two picks on three techs is what we call them. If you flip that and use a day two pick, think maybe Mozzie fall to you in a second round or a Keanu Bitten out of Wisconsin falls yeah. to you in the second round, maybe Siaki Ika out of Baylor in the third Man, you cooking with peanut oil at that point because you're finally getting I like, I like what you're talking yeah, about. You finally, get something that you've been just hurting to have. Right, and like you said, slot that big body next to our boy Jonathan Hankins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. who running what? Who running so, where? We have a question from Toby Kowalski. He says, does drafting Will McDonald allow you to have an interior push if you slide Sam Williams inside? I mean, how far do you want to slide him inside? You know, I think, <laughs> right, I mean, are we talking all the way to three tech, one tech, we going five tech? I think, uh, look, I think, you know, the old, the, the end game package, right, or you're talking about the NASCAR package yeah. where you're going to line up the defensive ends, you can get some of that. It, it just, it wouldn't be a, a very consistent thing you would see. But absolutely, if you wanted to flip this thing up and, and go uh, Parsons, um Who's the other guy? Osa Digizua with Chauncey Gosset or Sam Williams, and then you know uh, the young the young guy Will McDonald as a NASCAR package. Sure, yeah, yeah. I mean you can do something. Yeah, you can you can get creative uh, within that stretch. No offense or buts about it. I just think, boy, you know, I don't I don't want to use Sam too much down in there, but it gives you some flexibility, there. right? Yeah, it gives you really more flexibility with your linebackers, right? Because now. Yeah. So the thing that Will McDonald – shout out to Vach Lombardi. Vach was able to sit down with Will McDonald and get an interview out of him, and he asked him, hey, whenever you met with the Cowboys defensive coach, Dan Quinn, you know, what did you learn from him? What did they tell you? And Will McDonald mentioned that Dallas sounded like they would use him similarly to the way that they use Micah Parsons. So that means you're standing up as a linebacker, moving forward, rushing, standing up on the outside on the edge like a traditional uh, type of edge passer and, you know, coming, coming, uh, screaming off the edge, maybe handing the dirt, but still lining them up, up out wide. So it allows you to play with Micah Parsons by, hey, maybe we don't need him to always rush off the edge. We can right. now put him in a linebacker spot. 
because we know that right now, depth-wise, the thing that I think is the biggest need for Dallas is actually linebacker. So it helps you be able to exchange those guys, and then it allows a guy like Sam Williams coming into the second year of the league to, no, you stay out outside as a defensive end. Now we're going to bring you uh, more and more. So I don't think it would slot him inside to play like a D-tackle type position but it still would allow him to get on the field more and obvious pass rushing downs like Nick's is talking about in a NASCAR type package. You, you said, okay, you, you said linebacker. So I got to ask y'all, how do y'all feel about Drew Sanders is a guy that can play that has played off ball linebacker <laughs> as a guy that's played off ball linebacker and has some rush ability. How do y'all feel about Drew Sanders? Even if it's at 26, yeah, I take him at 26 and sleep. Well, I'm not mad at it. Yeah, I take a 26 to sleep well. Uh, He just, again, as much as they talk about McDonald and and what they do, moving him like Parsons, I think it gets even better when it it comes with Drew. Uh, I think he can give you more out of the middle than what McDonald can give you. Not that he couldn't give you anything, but he'll give you more. And now he might not give you the same edge work that will give you, but it's more than enough as he gets in here and learns some things. And I think, you know, as we talk about the linebackers, they're not very deep. This round, you know, you got a stack here in the late first and right. through the second, and then you maybe your Dorian Williams of the world comes right. a little bit later in the draft. Williams though, over Sean's, like but we talk about Jack Campbell, Simpson, uh, Henley out of uh, Washington State, and of course, Drew Sanders. The only linebacker I would look at to take at 26 would be Drew Sanders, and because right. again, he's kind of killing two birds with one stone. I'm gonna give you this help at linebacker, hey, but I'm gonna go out here and rush the quarterback as well, too. And now we can get really scary and funky yeah, we and getting get back in. into in, in, into Parsons moving around and, and everything else. As uh, my guy Tuck calls him White Lion, okay, we'll have the line, <laughs> White Lion, and, yeah, we'll have the Lion and Mike and we'll have the White Lion over here with uh, Drew Sanders. <laughs> Yeah, there's very little that I need to add. I think he, right now, because he can play more traditional linebacker over mm-hmm. Will Anderson, or excuse me, Will McDonald, mm-hmm. um, I think he his value is a little bit better. And just as a pure power rusher, I think he's better than Will McDonald right now. And you look at their numbers, again, I said production. Show me production. Right. He has the production as a um, a rusher coming from the linebacker spot. So what you would want to do with uh, um, um, Drew Sanders is really work on getting him to flip the hips, hips whenever it's time to go and cover. I'm saying that he can't because he has the athleticism to be able to do it, but Arkansas just didn't display him that way. Similarly to the way um, Iowa State really didn't put Will on full display um, as a true edge rusher because they would lo- put him on the defensive line where – he's not really coming off the edge mm-hmm. that he's fighting with much bigger, larger men where they've moved him too far inside, which is why I wouldn't want to do that to Sam Williams with, from that last question. You want them guys screaming off the edge or standing up and being able to rush from any other part. Right. You do want him moving forward, but no Sanders would be every bit worth the 26 pick for Dallas. Yeah. yeah. I'm cool with it at 26 too. I am. I like it. People don't like it. I'm cool with it. I love it. Let's go. Talking my, <laughs> my language now. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do well, it. y'all show starts in what? Twenty minutes? Where we at? I don't even know. I'm about to go look. Right it's six oh eight. No, we start at <laughs> seven. No, no, we started start at uh seven. So we no, got no. Wait, 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 wait. 
I looked at uh, oh, this show on the NFL draft starts at seven. So I'm glad you said that because I'm off. I thought it was seven thirty. <laughs> hey, so hey, so did I. Here's the thing about it. When I, looked it when I looked it up, when I looked it up earlier, I could have <laughs> swore when it was a different time. But apparently. <laughs> my phone lied to me. I'm going back to it now. Maybe, maybe no, I looked. My it. mine did the same thing because, like, my yeah, time's always minutes. showing Central Time, and then for some reason, when it came to the draft, it was it must have shown me an Eastern, Eastern time. time. That's what yeah. It, and it, I had it, to like literally look up an article just to see, like, okay, is this Eastern? Because this doesn't it, it doesn't sound right. So yeah, it is 8 p.m. Eastern. Did the same thing to me. I don't know why they're doing that to us today, mix. Um, but that's they did. Yeah, yeah no, because now now I'm going back over here. It's like, oh no, it's it's still telling me the same thing. Of the wrong time, but I'm looking at it right here on my live channel. I'm like, okay, so yeah, um, peace, <laughs> appreciate y'all. Great conversation. Yeah, um, yeah. I feel like Molly Karam today, and I'll save my other question for later, but yeah, definitely follow Dom for more draft content. Follow Nick's. Um, make sure you turn your notifications on for those spaces. If you hear me refer to Musgrave as a baby giraffe, just know that came from a space, and you need to join in and be in those. I got Eddie O dropped that on him, yeah. Eddie o all right, go ahead and find them on YouTube. It'll be a good time. Thank you so much, guys. All that is, we'll be back. Go Cowboys. No Cowboys. NFL don't want us to be great, man. Trying to go over here and do some the Lord's work with our people. All right, we're going to – they're out of here. All right, so I really wanted to ask them about the offensive line because, like, okay, so it's – I, I agree. It's really validating to me when I hear people talk about <laughs> needing Darnell Washington because of his blocking or or mm. or an offensive lineman. Because when I first started saying that, I'm I'm gonna be honest, it came from a place of fangirling. Yeah. I was like, I don't want nobody touching Dak Prescott right. this whole season. Like right. he, that uniform White was clean the this whole, whole season. Clean. 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 Nobody better get to him game. at all. Like tight. True story. So that's where that came from. But a lot of people seem to think we need a linebacker or a tight end. So I guess we'll leave it up to another guest to tell us um, how we should ease the minds of all the other fangirls like me who are worried <laughs> about Dak Prescott saying, staying healthy and getting that ball off in this West Coast offense. Right. Um, or potentially, like, we don't really know with Mike McCarthy. Like, everybody's yeah. like, oh, oh it's going right. to be West Coast offense. And he might just come out. He'll be like, I told y'all I was in the in the film room and <laughs> in the lab. What do you say? I'm in the lab. It's like, yeah, yeah. He, he was like, I'm in the lab. I'm like, we don't well, we don't know what to believe from you, Mike McCarthy. All right, the next person that we have coming up to join us is Rev uh, from the uh, Preaching Sports Podcast. Nice. Last our last show, I talked about being a guest on that podcast, and I could not remember the name of it for the life of me. So it is the Preaching Sports Podcast. Um, nice. So everybody, welcome Rev to the stream. Nice. What's, What's going on, dog? <laughs> What's going on? What's up, Jazzy? <laughs> Nothing much. How are you? Y'all having fun, aren't you? <laughs> oh yeah. Always. Good. So, so are you doing any kind of like live draft content today? We are. We are. So, uh, what, what's probably going to happen is we're going to wait for a few picks to get in, and then we'll hit up probably midway of the draft. We'll drop in because. Uh, if the Cowboys trade up, let's say yeah. up to up to ten or something, we're in trouble anyway. So uh, my assumption is we'll come in whenever it's, it starts to get hot. 
Yeah, so, yeah we're, we're excited. <laughs> so where can yeah. people find you? Like if, if you do, like, should they turn their Twitter notifications on or? Yeah. So uh, a couple places uh, we're on YouTube and we're on Twitch. So uh, preaching sports podcast is where you can find us on. And um, we're going to be teaming up today with uh, the cowboy cast. Oh, so nice. uh, yeah, a couple other guys, we're going to team up together and just have a good time. We're going to run the next three days. So we're going to hit up in the middle of this draft. Then tomorrow, kind of the same thing. And then Saturday, who knows? Uh, We'll probably be wore out by then. But Yeah, see how it goes. I don't think I know anybody from the Cowboys cast. I was telling Nick's earlier, I was like, normally I'm not into the draft at all. Like normally I'm just I like remember you saying that. Yeah. I'm into the I'm into the NBA playoffs, you know, and Let's I'm excited go. about the WNBA season about to start. And it's like I'll see who my team picked, you know, and and kind of like talk about it with other people, but I'm not like keeping up with it and watching all the shows. So I had no idea, especially with Cowboys Nation, that there were so many content creators and y'all are troopers. Because to study this yeah. stuff from the same draft prospects, don't get me wrong, it's hundreds of them. But like <laughs> It's just a lot of work that goes into even keeping up with the draft and then to spend three whole days, yeah. whole days just going live, responding to comments, involved in the conversation on Twitter. Like y'all, like y'all are something else. How long have you been doing this? I don't know if I have a, 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 a time on it, but <laughs> man, ever since we've been watching sports, uh, watch, following the Cowboys, you know, the great thing about being a Dallas Cowboy is that uh, the Cowboys are the greatest as far as content creation goes. Yes. Like there is no other NFL team in this league that can compete with the media as far as what the what the Cowboys put out. So I, I would almost say at, at a point, nobody else was doing these things. And then the, the Cowboys kind of put everything in the map. I would even go to far as argue that the Cowboys put the NFL draft draft on the map because of their ability. Yeah. Their ability to, to create all the things and, and bring the, the viewers in. I mean, if, if you're a, a cowboy, the, the business sells, you yes, know, it's, it's what it is. The content sells. So it, it don't take much to get in here and, and get your hands dirty and get taken over. Cause I mean, Cowboys every day, Cowboys for life. You know what I'm saying? Cowboys, <laughs> yes. for, life, Cowboys for life. So yeah, <laughs> you can get as much as you cow- want. Come and get it. <laughs> yeah, there was a poll, or I don't know if it was a poll or a list or what it was, but there was some some kind of uh, ranking that came out recently um, about the, the greatest GMs in the NFL. And Jerry was ranked pretty high. And there were some people who were questioning that because they, you know, they questioned personnel decisions of the Cowboys, which I don't know why. They're, they're definitely worse teams than the Cowboys, and there are teams yeah. that – it's been longer for them since they, you know, got to the Super Bowl, but it's a different conversation. But um, on the show that I saw it being discussed, one of the questions asked was like, well, why is he so near the top? Is it because of his business acumen? And I'm like, yes, yeah, like literally <laughs> the NFL wouldn't be the NFL if it weren't That's for right. what Jerry Jones brought to it in terms That's of right. marketing and, yes. and reaching an audience 100%. like the, the Washington Commanders being sold for almost seven billion dollars. That's because of like Will's Jerry Jones set in motion years ago. And and when you like really dig into what he did in terms of broadcasting and marketing, a lot of it is kind of genius. And mm-hmm. I was telling Nick's earlier that like, you know, when we started this podcast and I was on Twitter, setting up a Twitter account is like walking into a big ass party by yourself. 
And you're just kind of yelling out into the crowd to see if like somebody will hang out with you. And I feel like I started the account and I was like, hey, we like sports and nobody responded. <laughs> and then one day I was like, hey, like we like the, the Cowboys. We like the Cowboys. Like, yeah. I like that. <laughs> but yeah. they kept walking. And then one day I was like, hey, we're going to talk about Cowboys games. And they're like, you know what? I like that and I'll retweet that, you know? Yeah. But it was when I started connecting with other content creators that I finally got people who were like, hey, let me buy your drink. Come sit at our table. Come dance with us. Um, and it's just been really interesting meeting all these content creators and the communities that y'all put together. It's amazing. But today we are here to talk about the draft. So let's just start off with a simple question. Um, Nix and Dom ended with talking about how they think the linebacker position is a is a position of the most need for the Cowboys. Do you agree or disagree? Well, I, I guess you would say uh, just far as um, in the league wise, uh, if if you see some of the the top linebackers in the league, let, let's throw a name out there. Um, uh, the the guy from the 49ers, Warner, mm-hmm. um, one of the top guys in the league. The the other linebacker from uh, the Colts, Leonard. Uh, here here's some linebackers that you're trying to look at them, see how good they are, and they are good. They're they're getting out. I would say 120 40 tackles a year. Mm-hmm. 100, you know, and and those numbers are impressive like if you're if you're ta- having that many solo tackles every single year, i mean you're a ball player yeah but the the thing about a, the linebacker position is a lot of those stats are actually a little bit deceiving because here's the thing the football is about in the trenches you know what i'm saying if if you're if your d line looks like the 49ers then Warner's going to look pretty good all the time. You know yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, Van Der Esch is a good linebacker. Right. Yes. But here, here's the thing. When, when the D-line of the Cowboys are not holding up their end, Van Der Esch gets washed out pretty quick. Right. And, and then, so, so for, your, for your linebackers, you're looking for athleticism. You're looking for instincts. You're looking for them to to come in to read, diagnose the play, recognize where they're going, and you want them to work downhill. So I've been coaching football for quite a while, and um, you know, you you teach the position based on first movement. So the moment the ball is hiked, you are training your your body to do something immediately. So for a safety, your first step is backwards. That's your first step. For a linebacker your first step is forwards. It is downhill yeah. and then diagnose and read and attack. And so for the linebacker, if if he's clean, if he's clean going up, he's going to clean up the tackles. He's a good tackler. He reads the play good. He's going to be a, a good pl- ball player. So uh, Drew Sanders, uh, I'm hearing his name quite a bit. We just talked uh, about <laughs> he, he's He's a ball player, man. I mean, tr- uh, transferred from Alabama. Went to Arkansas, and uh, man, he's impressive as far as a player. Now, do I want him at draft pick twenty six? Let's say that in in general. Uh, I would say a little bit early, and the only reason I say a little bit early is because if if you can drop back a tad and get more picks, Drew Sanders could possibly still be there because the linebacker position isn't as strong this year. Right. But is linebacker the most important position for the Cowboys this year? I would probably disagree with that. I would probably disagree with that only because 
Um, our D line probably needs to get beefed up some more. And I, I'll tell you right now, who's our left guard? You know what I'm saying? Like, who's blocking for Dak? Who's agreed? Trent, Thank who's, you. Who's, who's that guy? Yes. Trent is first. Guy that, that, first. And, and and listen, Tyler Smith, who is a surprise to us last year. Like, yes. if if we can all agree, ninety percent of Cowboy fans, even legit Cowboy fans, were fried at this idea of Tyler Smith. Back. But the dude surprised surprise us. Who the heck can come into the offseason? And I know I'm rambling on, but who can come into the training camp and train to be the left guard the entire camp? Yeah. And then a week before, hey, our left tackle got hurt. We got to bump you outside. Move you. Mm-hmm. And, and Tyler Smith showed up and showed out. And I ain't going to lie to you. Like, he's, he's our guy at left tackle. Yeah. Quit <laughs> messing with that. Quit yep. playing with that. Agreed. Keep that dude out there and draft a left guard. Let, let's draft a left guard. And and for me, a left guard is probably the most important position for our team because, uh, you know, Mike McCarthy says he wants to run the ball. Well, yeah. prove it to me. Prove it to All me, right. Mike. Oh, there we go. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like draft a left guard, draft a road grader. Get one of them big dudes in there that, that wants to eat it up like Tyler Smith can as well. So I that's kind of where I'm at that. That guard me, position is where I want. Let me ask you this though, and this is a little bit away from the draft. So, say we take a left guard, um, are we? Who's this? Who's not playing? Is it still? Because we, you, Tyler Smith is yep. going to play, but say we draft a left guard with the intentions to play him day one. Who's not? Right. Playing? Is it still or is it Tyron Smith? We know Tyler's going to play. We don't want to sit him down, right? Young guy, because if you draft a guard, but your intentions are to play Tyler Smith at guard and you're just going to sit him on the bench and wait for Tyron Smith to get hurt. As much as yeah. I want to guard in the first round, I want to get somebody that's going to play. So like right. I said, my question is, and like it's a little bit away from the draft, but what do you do with the guys you already have if you take a guard in the first round and your intentions are to play him? Great question. So let me <laughs> let me let me ease your heart a little bit, right? Uh, if we draft a left guard early, he's starting. There, there's no ands if you, you are not paying. You are not paying that player to sit the bench. He is he is playing day one. So you can already you can already uh, guarantee left guard whoever that is. Tyler Smith on the left side. Now, what do we do with the rest of the position? Zach Martin got so held down. Biotish is in the center. He he's got one more year on the deal. So at the end of the day, what we're what we're talking about is we're talking about Tyrone Smith and and uh, Terrence Steele. That is that is the discussion that that we have to figure out. So uh, Terrence Steele uh, hurt his knee. Uh, he's banged up. Question is, when's he going to be back? Is he going to be okay by the time of training camp? Uh, Tyrone Smith. Uh, got hurt last year, came in late, switched from left tackle, right tackle, did a pretty decent job, I would say. But I think what we can all agree on is that there, there's going to come a time in the game. You might start Tyron Smith in the in that season, but there's going to come a time in the season that he's going to get hurt. There we go. Something's going to happen. He's not going to play, and you're going to end up putting Terrence Steele back in there anyway. So for me personally, uh, Tyron Smith – Pro Bowl player, you can maybe even put him in the Cowboys Ring of Honor. He is our he's our new swing tackle, in my opinion. He's he's going to play both sides. You let the young man uh, Tyler Smith go to left tackle, let him ride it out. 
Terrence Steele on the right if his knee is okay. And Tyron Smith, he's gonna he's gonna bounce around whichever way. I'm with you. I, mm. I agree. I just I don't and we were talking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. Like I I've been a Cowboys fan so long. Like, I'm not gonna really just beat you up for a pick you take unless it's Taco Charlton. I don't want you to take no Taco <laughs> Charlton. <laughs> I'm not gonna beat you up for a pick that you take, but have a plan. As long as you yes. have a plan, if they get it, if they do take a guard and then we get six weeks from now, they're like, well, we don't know if we want to start them. We don't we don't know what we want to do. If you take a guard, come in with a plan that that's what you're going to do. Because I agree with you. I'm with you. If that's what you want to do, because you said it, we know that Tyron is going to get hurt. Hopefully he don't, but we know it's probably going to happen at some point. But yeah. I don't know. Like I say, I just want them to be legit in their plan that they're going to do with. If you, they're going to draft, utilize them as, as, right. as they can Use them. and get the maximum potential out right. of them. Right, right. Yeah. Right. One, one thing, let, let me add to that. Um, when Terrence still got hurt and Tyron Smith bumped over to the right side, our running game changed quite a bit because yeah. Terrence still is a much better run blocker than Tyron Smith. But again, you can flip that around. Tyron Smith is a much better pass blocker than Terrence still. So, so again, Mike, are, are you are you blowing smoke? You know, you want to run the ball. Right, don't what you, you want to do? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, tell us tell us what you really want. And if he drafts right. an O lineman early, he's he's committing to what he had said in the in the get go. Right. Is that your? Is that if you? Is that what? Because for me personally, I want to go O line D line first two picks. That's okay. what I do i want to go o-line d-line first two picks is that where you're at because there's all this tight end buzz and i'm not totally against it but let's get the middle right first before we go and try to there do you anything. Go. if we can't block yeah. or we can't defend right. the middle it don't matter who we got at running back or linebacker or receiver if we can't hold down the middle of the field is that yeah. you know if you ha- if you were making the pick is that what you're looking to do first to work the interior on both sides of the ball first or where are you at with it on that on the in the first two rounds? So um, I think we can all agree, and I'm going to answer your question this way. I think we can all agree that that we are a good team, right? You know, we have a good roster. Right. Uh, we have come into the off season and we have filled some holes to say right. basically, hey, uh, we don't have to reach in this draft. And so coming coming into the draft, what the way that you want to play your 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 board and and picking early is is you kind of want to do a mixture of BPA, you know, best player available. Mm-hmm. You want that best player. You, you do the work of ranking your guys within the rounds that you want to get them. Pick 26, I don't really know. Maybe all of your first rank first round ranking players are are wiped out. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? What are you what are you going to do? So so again, you got to play your your board, but you also got to play the game of the draft in the league. And so if you got to bump down a little bit because the ranking of your players isn't exactly there and you're wiped out, you might need to do that. But if, if you're sitting there pretty and you got some choices right there, that's where you got to figure out what is the depth of this entire draft for each position. Right. Uh So, so quarterbacks are going off the board, right? How right. many quarterbacks are going to leave in this in the first round? Let's let's say four. That's definitely five if Hooker gets in there late, right? Right. Uh, 
how many how many uh, linemen are going to go as far as tackles and things like that? We can probably say four or five as well. Around the same amount, yeah. Cornerbacks, how many are there going to go? Four, at least four, yeah. I can think of. So now what you're doing is you have your you're ranked by position, and by the time you get to the Cowboys pick, you, you got to ask this question. You know, do I want the fifth best tackle mm-hmm. or do I want the first best guard? There you go. Do I want the fifth best defensive end or do I want the first best linebacker? There you go. You, you following what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so, so these other guys, based on how the draft goes, you know, they're going to wipe out some of these positions. So by default, you're picking late. And you're probably maybe uh, if your first round is wiped out, you're you're picking in the second round anyway. Basically, and so yeah, you got to play the game. You know, if in a in a clean world, yeah, I'm with you, man. Let's build the trenches, guard, defensive tackle. Let's go there. But at the same time, I just want the best player. There you go. Mm-hmm. I want the best player that can come on my team. We got a good team, and and I just you know what I'm saying. Everybody, let's let's go this way. Micah Parsons two years ago. That's the perfect example. That is yeah. a perfect example. Two corners that mm-hmm. we talked about all the time. Patrick Sertain, Joe Horn. Horn, yep. Yep. Horn is there, and, and, and what happened? Both of them get wiped out by the time we're picking at pick 10. The two picks before. I'm, I'm upset because I want a corner. But at the same time, I'm telling myself, what is going to help our defense as a whole? And it's going to be that linebacker position. So we would have never known Michael Parsons would have been this good, right? <laughs> right. right. But it, it fixed our defense as a whole. Yeah, we would have had one spot that we could cover on one side of the field, lock it down. But with Michael Parsons coming in, that was the best position. And so at the end of the day, you're not always going to make every Cowboy fan happy. But right. and we, uh, we always say this. <laughs> we always say this, and I don't know if you remember this, Jazzy. Uh, in will I trust? So Will McClay is going to is going to put that best player on. Go ahead. <laughs> we got a few people agreeing with you. Um, Mills on YouTube definitely agrees he's written facts agree 100 <laughs> um and then we've got gunner who said uh still needs to stay at, at rt make tyron our swing and draft a guard and run it um and a couple more comments and said if you pick someone for a guard then uh then play them at guard no offensive line roulette and i have to agree with that yeah, um same. And also shout out to the people who are leaving comments because when it yes. says <laughs> where it says what our viewers are, it just stays at one. But we see a lot of people leaving comments. Yeah, <laughs> so we so. appreciate y'all leaving comments yes. so we know that it's more Thank than you. one person watching. Much, much, much appreciated. Um, but when it comes to the offensive line roulette, there's been discussion of this, you know, the best five will play, kind of insinuating that they kind of want to move people around, which did not work well for us last season. Um well, I guess you've kind of given your opinion on that, but um, let's say like they're thinking about going a different direction than picking somebody for the offensive line. Is that something you think Cowboys fans should be concerned about? Well, again, you know, some somewhere in the draft, the Cowboys are going to fix the O line somewhere. They have to because they, they would to. already signed a free agent to that position or. You don't want to get yourself in trouble with this. So 
my my guarantee is that we're going to draft a line or a a guard probably within the the first three to four rounds. It's it's going to happen. So so again, you you're looking at all the the linemen within the first four rounds. Who's going to be wiped out? At what at what level uh, are are we going to see one of the guys that I just want y'all to be aware of? If we don't go line first. Um, there's a dude I want to say he played for uh, North Carolina State, Savala. Savala. Savala is a name that you just need to remember if the Cowboys don't go uh, O line early. He, he could be a pick, maybe a third round pick, uh, something like that. Maybe as high as even two. But that's a that's a guy that the Cowboys are looking at. He's a road grader. Mm-hmm. He's he's a dude that's going to come in there and he's gonna he's gonna blow people up. So the 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 value of of that position uh they're gonna fix it there's there's a guarantee that they're gonna fix it and so yeah it would be it, it's gonna be flashy to get that that's let's say Bijan robinson slides all the way down when we pick him first like that's the flashy pick you know and i don't know how you feel about running back early but that's the flashy you, you want to go on it if it's Bijan. i'm pro Bijan. Um, <laughs> pro Bijan. yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, and and Jigba, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. If he slides down, it won't happen. I'm just dreaming a little bit. But right. if he slides down, we pick him. You are picking him. I know we need a guard, but you are picking yeah. these guys because they are they are day one superstars. They're going to come in and do great. So uh, it, you don't want to leave. You don't want to do the Taco Charlton. We talked about that. You know what I'm saying? He was he was happen. the. I wasn't around for that, but like. I've heard that name so many times. Yeah. What the hell happened? <laughs> or are people still trying to answer that question? So, so here, here's basically in a, in a nutshell, d- depending on how you want to coach your team or lay out your team. I love what Mike McCarthy says. He says, he says player over scheme. There you go. What, what does he mean by that? He means like, he means by this, if Lamar Jackson is my quarterback, I'm not going to make Lamar Jackson a passing quarterback. I'm going to utilize him to be make him a playmaker, right? Same thing for that year. Again, what happened right there, right, Jazz? What what in the world? What was the deal? What happened was they went scheme over player, and then they got in trouble because they said, you know what? We have to have a defensive end. They handcuffed themselves, and then what ended up happening, Taco was the fifth best defensive end in that in that place and again what what do you want the the fifth best position right there or do you want the first best yeah and who was sitting there right around the corner tj watt yes i was gonna the the next pick the Mm -hmm. next like tj watt should have been a cowboy and we decided to go scheme rather than player and i think the cowboys learned from that i think they they decided hey we don't ever want to do that again (laughs) yeah so yeah i let, let's get our guard, but not at the expense of passing up a, a dynamic player. Let's not do that. You said so that's where I was too. There are some, you know, like you said, there's the names that everybody knows at the beginning of the draft, but there are some linemen that are, could be their third, fourth round. There's a guy from UCLA that was also a visit for the Cowboys, Antonio Maffi, that is uh, that plays Maffey, for the Bruins, yep. plays guard. Um, he was, I think he was a defensive player his first two years at UCLA, but the guy, UCLA, cool, yeah. 
The guy is a bull. He's big. And also, too, from LSU, they got a guy, Anthony Bradford, that's a big that's a bulldog, 6'4", 330. And those are guys that are going to be in, available in the middle round. So, like I've said, like I said earlier, I'm not – I'm at the place – I've been through the heartbreak. I'm not going to beat them up over what they do <laughs> as long as you got a plan. If they, I want them to take a lineman early, if they don't, I'm not going to pull my hair out. But I agree with you. There are going to be some guys maybe available in round three, four that can play line for us if we don't take a lineman early so i'm i'm mm-hmm. with you on that too you know it's mm-hmm. about trusting your board and trusting everything that you've done in the draft process if 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 i'm gonna go with my gut like we all we all have that gut feeling mm-hmm. my guess is we're gonna go a different position one and then in in second the second round we're gonna go lineman that's that's what my gut says you know so uh will mcdonald he he could be that you know, DQ loves that dude. He, he's Sam Sam Williams. The the dude they Iowa State misused him, and his production is through the roof. And so he he could be a, a gem sitting right there. Do we need a defensive end? Really, I don't think so. I don't think we need him. Right. But you know, is is Tank going to be here next year? You know what I'm saying? Like like we can go ahead and fill that spot now. And you can never not have enough defensive ends or corners. You know what I'm saying? Like those are positions you can always, always fill in. And so, right. you know, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Could you go tight end first? Absolutely. You know, I mean, do I really want a tight end? No, it's kind of boring. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I wasn't in the first round either. I'm, not the first I, I'm not. I'm. Yeah, I'm not super excited about that. But at at the end of the day, they're gonna pick their guy. There's nothing I can do about it. Right. They're going to pick their guy, and as long as they fill those spots, which they will, as long as those fill, fill, fill those spots, whoever they pick, you know what I'm saying, at the end of the day, I'm going to support them. I'm going to root for them. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hope they have, do their best to help us win a Super Bowl. That's, that's at the end of the day. So do your thing. Pick who you're going to pick. I'm tired of fighting with you. <laughs> right. Look, whoever you pick, I hope it works out. I'm not going to be mad. And look, whoever, I hope all of them are Hall of Famers. I hope you pick seven Hall of Famers in this draft. Come on. Come on. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the space I've been in for a while. Like, for two reasons. One, because I'm new to like trying to keep up with the, dra- with the draft, and it entails a lot more work and focus than I anticipated. And two, it just it feels like there are so many variables, like so many things that could happen by the time you just get to pick 26. It's yeah. like overwhelming to even think about. So right. I think for me, for a long time, I've been in that space of like, there are people that I like, but whoever the Cowboys decide to go with, I'm like, yeah. I'm just going to hope that the people who are getting paid so much money because they're supposedly smarter <laughs> than me. <laughs> that point. Will I actually make the do right what um, and it's tough when you meet so many people in Cowboys Nation who do seem so well informed and have a background to like, you know, speak on these things. And and you kind of see rumors that are contrary to what all of you smart people, all of you amazing draft analysts in, in Cowboys Nation have to say. So you can imagine my surprise when all of a sudden the name Musgrave <laughs> came up <laughs> several times today. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on? So, Rev, I've heard two theories on this, and and I want to hear your take. Okay. So one theory I've heard is that Musgrave, despite him him 
like physically looking like what's been described as a baby giraffe. Uh, <laughs> so despite him being a baby giraffe, uh, apparently has some blocking ability that the Cowboys should find valuable. The other theory I've heard is that Mike McCarthy is a troll who doesn't <laughs> like inside information getting out. But since all these reporters are used to inside information getting out, he just kind of gave them something to, to <laughs> put out there yeah, and they bait, took it yeah. and ran with it. So what are your thoughts on the possibility of Musgrave being a Dallas Cowboy? Oh, God, that doesn't even sound right. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like I'm saying Taco Charlton. Um, yeah, so what are your thoughts yeah. on that? And what are your thoughts on those theories? Yeah, so, so always towards the closeness of the draft, uh, you know, we're 20 minutes away right now. Uh, people are fishing, you know what I'm saying? They're throwing bait out there. They're, they're fishing. They're, they're throwing names out there. But, but listen, but listen, I, I'm not trying to scare anybody. Musgraves is on their radar. He, he is because uh, there, there are two tight ends in this draft that I would say uh, you are looking at traits. You are looking at similarities between other players in the league right now. You know, you know, the, the, the draft is changing. The league is changing because who would have thought that we would make such a big deal out of small receivers? You know what I'm saying? That that used to never happen. But when you get a Tyreek Hill, oh, you're looking for small receivers. You know what I'm saying? When you get a, a Travis Kelsey, you are looking for that that wide receiver slash monster as a tight end that's going to win you Super Bowls. And so there are two tight ends in this year's draft that I would say are comps to what Travis Kelsey is. And one is, is Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid is that first guy. And the other one is Musgrave. Musgrave is that, that tight end that he is probably the fastest tight end to get off the line. His, his immediate um, step, three steps to get off the line, and to get in his route comp combinations or whatever, uh, he is he is the fastest out of all of them. And so there are some great things about Musgrave that are definitely intriguing. But I wouldn't say blocking is is one of those things. And and so uh, for the team that we're we're seeing here today, Jason Witten is is our heart of the Dallas Cowboys. We want a traditional tight end, but again, the league's changing. And right. so, you know, do you want a Michael Mayer who is like a Jason Witten? <laughs> do you want a Darnell Washington who is a freak out athlete? But I will tell you this, um, I don't draft a tight end in the first round just to block. You know, the guy needs to go out for passes. And when you only caught 28 passes your entire collegiate year, you know, college, college uh, career, I just don't feel good about drafting you that early. Second round, we're all in. There you go. And so Musgrave is kind of that in that place where Darnell Washington is. It's a little scary. I, I think if their their board gets wiped out, you can maybe see them draft trade down a little bit, pick up a Musgrave. He might even be there in round two. I just um I'm not afraid of the player, but uh I definitely don't want him at 26. And so there, there might be a little bit of fishing going right there. Uh, I will probably puke if we pick Musgrave at 26. <laughs> I probably will. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm not <laughs> <really pretty. laughs> um, 
you're you're the first person I've heard describe him quite like that. So I, I guess that does ease my mind a little bit in the event that we do pick him. It kind of gives some context as to why that might be the case. But yeah, the the name being out there so much, especially as the the number twenty six pick, um, I hadn't really. I don't know why I didn't think about clicks because as a writer now, that is something that I do have to think about when I'm creating titles and and content. It's all about you know SEO and whatnot. I didn't think about the fact that like, oh yeah, the draft is today. People are trying to get those last few clicks, mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to squeeze the rest yeah, of the juice out of this time. orange. Um. But going back to our Twitter audience, Gunnar Asher asks, what's your comp for Sam Laporta? Sam Laporta. Yeah, I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you. Yeah, you might have to get old Nicks and, and, and Dom in there for that one. So uh, Sam Laporta, <laughs> I had I just haven't done my homework. I apologize for that. I, I should have done that player. more homework. So you have a comp for Sam yeah. Laporta? Player, if if I had to pick a comp for Sam Laporta, hmm, I might be there with him. I, maybe I don't have one. He's a good player, though. He he's a guy that comes from Iowa. He can he can block and run. He's not the massive guy that some of the other tight ends that are going earlier in the draft are. But the thing about Laporta, Laporta's got some catch and run ability. He can he okay. can do some stuff once he gets the ball in his hands. I don't know. I don't I don't know about it. Let, um, let, let me uh let me kind of read this for y'all. Laporte is an outstanding uh with the ball in his hands. Uh he cannot only run away from defenders. Uh he runs a four, five, nine, 40 yard dash, but he can also make them miss. Uh he has 20 uh broken tackles on 58 catches in 2022. So it sounds like he's pretty good with the ball in his hands. Yeah, it sounds which like is impressive. It. It's pretty impressive for a tight end in Iowa, right? Who yeah. like to run the ball? <laughs> <pretty good. laughs> so, like a Tony Pollard, but a tight end? <laughs> like I don't know. I'll I'll admit I've heard that name come up a few times, but I I've, I've never heard anybody else comp him either. So um, that was a really good question from Gunner um, because yep. that is the one thing that I I haven't heard from Tommy uh, or about Laporta is um, is a comp for him. Um, okay, so you know we George we, Kittle ish. George Kittle ish. He's not. <laughs> he's as he plays he's a similar style of game, but he's not as big as Kittle. From what I remember, from what I remember looking at, I don't know, maybe you have it in front of you, Rev, but I think he's, he's uh, like yeah, he's three, he's six, three, 245. I think and, Kittle's a little um, bit bigger than than Laporta is, but honestly, that's he, that's he plays a, good, a similar a style of game. Once he gets the ball and he just read it, he just read it perfect. Once, yeah, the ball in his hands, he's a problem, you know, and he has some speed for a tight end, four five as a tight end is. That's yeah, f- he he probably more more four six, but but again, I mean that's just the forty, you know. Uh, right. Football speed and track speed are two different worlds. Right. Six three though, six three. I mean, is that six three and one inch, or is that six three and eleven inches? I mean, you wouldn't think that's a big difference, but he could be more of like a a big wide receiver because he's he's not super tall, right? You know, so you know, and George Kittle. I guess George Kittle isn't super tall either, so that might be a good comp over there. You know, yeah. sounds like a good one to me. Yeah. Yep. 
Sorry, I'm looking at the screen because I'm seeing some some things are happening as far as <laughs> I like initially I had actually planned to be at the draft, but I don't know. Now I'm kind of glad I'm not. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm liking how the show is going. Um absolutely. And I'm really the only reason I'm looking is to see if anything else happens before the draft. Right. Because we had the news come out about Lamar Jackson's deal. Which yep. that wasn't expected when yeah. it came out, um, and then we had the news came out uh, coming out about the um, the Cardinals possibly you know trading that that number three pick. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really just I I didn't think anything happened like that close to the actual draft time. So I'm really just looking to see if anything else pops um, up. <laughs> yeah pops up or develops. But so far we've just got a I, I think they're about to do the national anthem, so we're good. So we've talked about what you would like to see the Cowboys do. Is there anything that you can think of? Because, you know, we've talked about the fact that, like, by the time you get to pick 26, so many things could have happened. Um, And a lot of people have commented on the fact that there are, like, uh, the Cowboys are drafting from a position of want, not need. So there are Mm -hmm. a lot of moves that they could make that um, most people in Cowboys Nation seem to be okay with. Is there anything that you can think of, since apparently it's not Musgraves, um, is there anything that you can think of that would just absolutely piss you off? Like they better not Ooh. do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I got one. I, you know, I've been, I've been kind of walking through, you know, what are the three worst things that could possibly happen? Yeah. Me too. You know, and, and so I've been, you know, maybe, maybe I'm a little bit weird, but I'll talk to myself a little bit, you know, and, and I got to kind of work through this in my mind. What is, what is the worst thing that can happen? And, and everybody's a little bit different. Everybody's a little bit different on what their thoughts were. And so uh, probably there for a long time, I was, I was really against tight ends, you know, just us picking a tight end. So, you know, that, that might be in the top five arena of things that I don't want to happen. Uh, the closer we get, you know, I'm, I I don't mind a Michael Mayer because I know he could come in and, and be a ball player. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, you better have a plan. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you, you better have a plan because if you don't, then you're wasting and you're wasting not not him. You're oh, well, I, I should say you're wasting his talent because mm-hmm. some people would say he is the best wide receiver in this draft. He is the best wide receiver in this draft. He could fit our team based on he could be that X receiver right there with Michael Gallup and and fit in nicely. So you got to have a plan for him. Tight end, I'm I'm just not feeling it real good. Um, I, I I wasn't wanting a, a defensive end there for a long time. I know that DQ really loves Will McDonald, but I just I just feel like man, there's some other positions we need to attack right there and good players. But again, I, I trust Dan Quinn right there. But if I, if I'm going to be honest, um, the the worst thing that can happen tonight is that we trade back. Um, we we trade down. We lose our fifth round option to go get a player in in the early second round and not get enough for him. So yeah. so let me let me break it down to you this way. I've seen Jerry trade throughout the years. When we trade up, we spend too much. When we trade back, we don't get enough. And that is something that has always aggravated me. So if we're going to move out of that 26 spot, you better give me something. If I'm going to lose that fifth-round option, you better give me something. And not a not a dumb fourth-round pick. 
Like, <laughs> I, I don't want no fourth round. You better give me a third round pick for me to drop out of the, the first round at least. And so that that's probably one fear of mine that I'm, I'm already trying to get myself ready for. That way I don't want to like throw something at the TV. Right. But um, here, here's the, the worst. And I, and I think you're going to agree with me on this one. Here's the worst thing. Uh, B. John Robinson is creeping his way towards 26. Mm-hmm. Right. He, he's working his way towards 26. Ah. Mm-hmm. Ah, well, I'm, I'm, I can feel the blood pressure going, <laughs> the sweat going. I'm, I'm, I'm getting so excited. I, he's get he's getting to to number twenty pick, and mm-hmm. I'm and I'm starting to scream. Go get him! Go right. get him! Go get him! Spend your third. I don't care. Go yeah. get that kid. Yeah. And then he gets to let's say number twenty three, number twenty four pick, and he's still there. And then all of a sudden. This team that is sitting at pick 30. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> goes right in front of us. No. <laughs> and drafts him. And you want to know who that guy is? Or you who that who team is? is? You it's know who team that is? That's the, the Eagles. Eagles. <laughs> the oh, Eagles. my that's God. The <laughs> but that's the thing. If, if, Bija, if we get to 20, and that's the thing. A lot of people are like, oh, don't get a running back. Don't, don't trade up. If we get to 20 and Bijan is still there, I'm with you. Go get him. I'm going to say this Go to the people Go who are saying don't get a running back in the first round. I have, I have two things to say about that, as a matter of fact. First of all, B. John Robinson is not just any running back. There we go. We are talking about somebody who changes how defenses have to play you. you Okay, this isn't just a good running back, right? Because you can find a good running back in the second round. But B. John Robinson is special. So if it were just some other running back, like I would agree. Like, no, we don't really need to do that. But for B. John, yes. Because it's like, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with Tony Pollard. Right. And and so, right. like, I don't even think running back is, like, one of our primary needs. I think it's a need because we don't know what's going to happen with Pollard. Right. And because we really don't know what to expect from Malik, right? We haven't right. really seen enough right. of him, right? right. But Bijan is not, you know, if you haven't seen him, Cowboys Nation, if you haven't seen him, he's not just a running no, back. This is somebody he's special. Right. That's why his there name specifically keeps coming up. You don't hear people saying, like, we should trade up for a running back. You hear people saying, we should trade up for Bijan because <laughs> Bijan is Bijan, right? That's number one. Number two, when it comes to the whole idea of running backs value, right? All right, people have been saying, like, okay, well, running backs don't, don't last as long, da-da-da. Okay, Let's say all of this is true, which I, I think eventually, like what always happens, eventually the, the training and the body con- conservation is going to catch up with the changes in the game. That's what we've seen with wide receivers. That's why, like, for a while, small wide receivers weren't valued, and now they are because one day somebody looked up and realized, like, oh, these small mm-hmm. wide receivers, they're really good at getting separation. They, yeah. they got there that yak go. ability. Yeah. We exactly don't need it. them to get, like, a lot of space. We right. just need them to catch the ball, get that first down, get some yak. Right. You know, we can worry about the rest later. At least all guys are doing it, right? right. Same mm. thing will happen with running backs eventually, Well, where we'll start to see their value again, right? But let's say it is the case that running backs were out within their first three to four years. In that case, when you have a special talent like Bijan, doesn't it make sense to draft him and get the best out of him, like the best he's going to have exactly. in his career at the time when he's the cheapest? Does that not make sense? Exactly. <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, you know, if, if that does happen, and I pray that it does, I hope I don't see a bunch of Twitter comments talking about how stupid the Cowboys are, um, because I think that would be a, a great move to make. And this is the thing, too. Like, we're a good team. 
it yep. think back think back to Mills, I want Zeke back to think back to the to the playoff game after Pollard got hurt. Yes. All we were trying to do yes. the only that we could really get the ball to was CeeDee Lamb. That's it. Dijon is a playmaker. Don't think of him as a running we back. He said yes. he is a game changer. Don't think of him like a running back. It's Bijan. He's a game changer. You can put him out in routes. A lot of people are making comps to Christian McCaffrey for Bijan. That's the comps a lot of people are making. Like this guy can run, catch. He can run routes. You can put him a lot of different places. He can block. Like, look. yeah. And our quarterback did say the time is now. Like Dak expressed a sense of urgency. So I'm just like, we're we're looking at the the organization wanting to get something major done in the next yeah. you know two three years so right. i'm like let's 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 do it. it let's do let's it let's do it right even if, like you say even if you only get three four years out of them look if we get a super bowl in those three four mm-hmm. it's worth it's it it's worth it it's worth like, it like look how long it's taken it's worth it you and, know, and so. like yana said Winning championships is hard. hard. That was, that was, <laughs> yeah. that was the exact words, but in so many words, he was just like, "Look, he got this real ain't with easy. them." Yeah. He did. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah, Rev. Sorry, I got when somebody. Oh no. Ability of getting these on, I get excited. I'm just like, my, like <laughs> my expectation. Just, just real brief. My expectations is that Philly's going to pick him at ten anyway. But you know they're they're going to get a good player at ten. So again, that that's my greatest fear is that he slides, and the Eagles jump up and grab him anyway. You know what I'm saying? Then, then we're just sitting there with our hands tied. You know, um, I wish I wish the Cowboys were interested in Gibbs as well. You know, I, I wish uh, I wish I wish that's what I was hearing. I don't I don't foresee that happening, but I, I think Bijan is a generational talent. There's there's some Barry Sanders traits in there. He's got some shiftiness, quickness. He can fit in some cracks that a lot of players cannot. And then uh, he he's got some Saquon Barkley in him. Does you know? And he's just he he can he can catch the ball. He might be even a better receiver than a running back, which is crazy to think about. That good. But I will tell you this: that that Jameer Gibbs is a tremendous um, receiving back, not a a Kamira uh, comp is who he is, but mm-hmm. he is much faster than Kamara. Kamara is is shifty, make you miss, but this dude Gibbs, he can he can move Gibbs. and once he puts his foot in the dirt, he's gone. Yeah. And so th- this <laughs> this kid is special. I saw and and for all those, you know, big linebacker fans, he burned Drew Sanders. Mm-hmm. Like Drew Sanders was trying to catch him even on an angle. Bye-bye. Yeah. Like he was gone, and I was going, yes, please, twenty six, sign me up. I'm okay with that. You know, I, I love what you said when you're watching that playoff game. You were just wishing we had more playmakers. We need so, yeah. so, play. so we need sign it. me up. Give yeah. me, give me a gift. Yeah. Give me a Bijan. Give me them boys. Yeah. Yes. yes. I'm really curious what we're gonna do at the end of the day about those skill positions because you know the fact of the matter is it's like okay we've got Brandon Cooks. Great. I, I think that was a good move, especially considering um, how little he counts against the salary cap and the right. fact that we were able to get Houston to take on, you know, some of that responsibility yeah. financially. Right. So good move overall. But at the end of the day, it's like we have Pollard who we well, I mean, I don't know what he's going to look like coming back. The, the team obviously knows more than we do, but 
you know, let's just let's just assume that, you know, we all have similar information. We don't know what Pollard's going to look like after that injury. Like I said, we don't know what to expect from Malik. Um, as far as our wide receiver room, we, what we saw in the playoffs was that we have CeeDee Lamb, and we're hoping that Michael Gallup looks better coming yes, back. But he crossed, did he did yeah. spend a whole season playing on a halfway hill right. ACL injury. Right. So we don't know how that's going to affect him. And everybody's talking about the battle in the wide receiver room. But the fact of the matter is – any of those guys who could possibly, you know, take up that number three or four spot, they're all going to have to stay step their game up. Whether right. it's Tolbert, whether right. it's Simi, right. either of those guys is going to have to step it up. Right. So it's like at some point you got to ask yourself, and one thing we know about Will McClay is he doesn't stop when the draft is over. Right. He's going to keep looking at looking free agents. Guys. Like he's going to yeah. keep going. And so, yeah, there is a part of me that's that says like, okay, we, we saw that we have a need for playmakers when it comes to making that next step into the playoffs. So it's like, if it's not the draft, then when? Like, what right. exactly are we going to do about that? So it goes back to what Rev said about having a plan. I don't know what their plan is. They've been a lot more secretive about their plans in the Mike yeah. McCarthy era, which is they good. Have. But they it have, also yeah. gives me a little bit of anxiety. So. Right, you don't yeah. know. you don't know. Yeah. yeah. Interested to see. All right. Well, it's 7-1, Rev. I don't want to keep you if yep. you're watching the draft. Like, we were supposed to have another guest on. I hope he's okay. He texted me a few minutes ago, and I haven't heard from him. So, um, Okoye, I hope everything's okay. Um, but, Rev, if you need to dip out, because I know you said you you had some other guys to catch up with, you can dip out. Yep. And then we'll uh, wrap up with our small commentary on the NBA. Yeah, I do got to go. Um, just a little <laughs> tradition with my – with my boys, we always watch the beginning of the draft oh, together. So they're they're, they're out they're out watching there with me, and and they're they're excited, you know. And so yeah, we we got to get our uh, podcast going here in a little bit. So uh, I, I was having a blast, though. I really enjoyed spending time with y'all. Thank y'all for having me on. Thank, thank you. you, thank you so much for coming on. Have yes, a good night, Rev. Bye. All right, bless and see you. Same. You too. All right, huge, huge shout outs to everybody who uh came in. Oh, I think I think Mills who's been commenting on YouTube is them stars in the building. Like he oh. uh, he interacts with us on Twitter a lot. Nice. Um, um, so super huge shout out to everybody who came on and helped us make uh ha or I shouldn't say make have a very um educational and productive and enlightening conversation about the draft. Is he we <laughs> <laughs> made the drinks a little strong today. Yeah. like Esmeen she'll be bad um, so we, we have like just a few minutes before we absolutely have to dip out so um, I want to play this clip from Giannis Antetokounmpo from earlier um, I actually wanted, wanted us to start off talking about the NBA but you know because of how we got started we had to start off talking about the draft but you know I have to say you know shout out to the Miami Heat Yes. For an amazing series. Jimmy Butler Jimmy says Buckets. that playoff Jimmy is not a thing. <laughs> but Buckets. playoff Jimmy Butler. Playoff playoff Jimmy is 100% a thing. Um, if you don't want to admit it, it's it's okay. You know, because you're doing your thing either way. But playoff Jimmy is 100% a thing. He said he was like, oh, I'm just hooping. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm just being what my team needs you to be. And it's like, well, it just so happened. Um, your team needs you to transform into an absolute legend right. during the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that is exactly, that is precisely what you've done. Like yeah. people are on Twitter, on these shows, comparing you to Michael Jordan and ain't nobody arguing with them. Mm. So I would say that, you know, that's, that's a pretty big deal. Um, 
But the, the Milwaukee Bucks, they lost that series. And Giannis Antetokounmpo was asked a question um, that apparently he was also asked last year. And he had this to say. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this with y'all. Um, it's two minutes, but I just thought it was an incredible statement from Giannis. Uh, the exact same question, but uh, I'm curious for you. Do you view this season as a failure? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm not that up. You asked me the same question last year, Eric. Okay. Uh, do you get do you get a promotion every year? <laughs> no, right? So every year you work is a failure. Yes or no? No. Every every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal, right? Which is to get a promotion, to be able to uh, take care of your family, to be able, I don't know. Um, provide the house for them or take care of your parents. You work towards a go. It's not a failure. It's steps to success. You know, and if you've never, I don't know, I don't want this. I don't want to be the person. So, there's you. always steps to it. You know, um, Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championships. The other nine years was a failure. That's what you're telling me. No, I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? <laughs> exactly. So, why are you asking me that question? <laughs> there's no failure in sports you know there's good days bad days some days some days you are able to uh be successful some days you're not some days it's your turn some days it's not your turn and that's what sports is about you don't always win some other other people's gonna win and this year somebody else is gonna win similar as that we're gonna come back next year try to be better try to build good habits try to uh, play better not have a 10 day stretch with uh playing bad basketball you know, and hopefully we can win a championship. So 50 years from 1971 to 2021 that we didn't win a championship, it was 50 years of failures. No, it was not. It was steps to it, you know, and we, we were able to win one. Hopefully we can win another one. You know, I sorry that I didn't want to make it personal. <laughs> I was in the, in the uh, right um, mind space to answer the question, back, but I remember it. Reasons he's one of my favorites. Like he's, he's just so he's just Giannis. so raw, <laughs> yes. and he's just so like down to earth, like a normal person. Like, yes. why would you ask me that question? Like, that was the perfect response. Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And not only not only did he get asked that question last year, but that is a question that gets asked of a lot of athletes uh, yes. when they and. And I mean, honestly, it's the question that that has come up with with Cowboys fans. Yes. You know, when I wrote that article in defense of Dak and wrote the article about how the team did not owe their fans a, a championship, yes. I wasn't saying that I didn't want them to win a championship. Right. But what I'm, but I, what I was essentially saying is like there are steps to this. Yes. And what we did see with the Dallas Cowboys is that they had two seasons in a row of twelve and five, yes. which we hadn't seen in, in over a couple time. of decades. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like the same way that Giannis is trying to get people to appreciate the fact that the Bucks are really good and their team worth supporting and that they're making progress. Yeah. I feel like that's the same thing that a lot of Cowboys Nation is trying to get the rest of Cowboys Nation to understand. Yeah. Like, yo, this is a good team. You've yes. got good players who are doing amazing things both on the field and off the field. It's like you've, you've got a, a quarterback who's led your team to two 12 and five seasons in a row, mm -hmm. you know, made it to the playoffs two years in a row and was nominated for and won the Walter Payton man of the mm -hmm. year award mm -hmm. has 22 franchise records. And y'all <laughs> want to sit here and get mad about one season 
of a lot of interceptions. Yeah. And it's not like he broke an NFL record in interceptions. Oh, no. Peyton Manning has had more. Brett Favre has had more. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and both of them have gone on to do Roman great things. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. But y'all, but y'all want to ignore all the good because of some interception. Yeah. I anyway, I was literally gonna <laughs> say, like, watching that video, like that, like Cowboys can relate to that answer so so hard. Yes. Like, and exactly I, I feel like anybody who's an athlete also can relate. Hundred percent. It's a journey. It's, <laughs> it's a journey. It's, it's, it's a not, journey. You don't just wake up and win championships. Yes. It's a lot that yes. goes. You don't wake up and do anything. A lot. It's, there we go. It's a lot that goes into team sports. Whether it's individual progress or team success, a lot goes into it. And Mm -hmm. it it is all about the journey. But since we only have five minutes left, I do want to speak on a couple of other things that have happened in the NBA playoffs. Um, So, once again, shout out to the Heat. Great series. I didn't expect it to go. Jimmy Bucket. Jimmy Bucket. (laughs) The the Heat are going to be facing the Knicks next. And... That is going to be an amazing series. Now, I do still kind of expect the Heat to win in five because while people do kind of point to the coaching lapses of the Bucks as being a lot of the reasons why the Heat won, I feel like Jimmy Butler and the Heat just responded to those coaching lapses. I don't think we saw their ceiling. Um, I, I I just predict that an even stronger Heat team is going to come out against the Knicks and that that's just my prediction. We won't do full analysis. Yeah. Um, also... Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and the Phoenix Suns uh, won their series. So they will be moving on to face the Nuggets. Um, I feel like I have to sneeze. Ugh. It won't come out. Maybe that's why it didn't come out because I started looking at this camera, which is uh, there's a light right next to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, oh, you can put it back on that other view. I don't actually like this view. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and we're here coming in with a technical difficulties. So, so, so first of all, y'all analysts out there, don't think I haven't noticed that y'all keep saying Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and the Suns. Chris Paul is still there, damn it. Like, I know he might be retiring soon and his stats ain't all that, but like we've always said, Kevin Durant is not a leader, okay? So Chris, uh, Chris Paul is still playing a very vital role with the Suns. And yes, we might be expecting Devin Booker to step into that role, but have we really seen it yet? No. No. We've seen Devin Booker play an excellent right-hand man to Chris Paul. Mm -hmm. We've seen him have uh, performances that Kevin Durant described as spiritual. And and KD, I agree with you. that It was was a spiritual experience watching that. (laughs) (laughs) That third quarter. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I didn't just make that sound. Um, but cool. but yes, yeah. um, but what we've also seen from Devin Booker is, you know, spending like damn near half the season injured. Um, I would love to see him step into that role. We don't know. But I will say this. Okay. The last game that they won, the Phoenix Suns were up by 20 points at one time. And they let the Clippers, without Kawhi Leonard, without Paul George, Close that gap to as little as two, two points, points before they ultimately won by six. <laughs> okay. So I love the Suns. Y'all know I love the Suns. Y'all know I love Devin Booker, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend write a letter like that performance <laughs> <laughs> is going to do it against the Joker and the Nuggets. Uh-huh. We're going to yeah. need you to step your game up. So 
Um, I can try to write a letter. I didn't plan to write a letter, but I can try it. Uh, dear, dear book. book. <laughs> dear, dear book. I am so happy to see the 40 plus point performances, the 25 point quarters. I love it. You, you know me. You know I love it. But you what I me. need <laughs> what I need from you is to step into those shoes of Chris Paul, right? Mm -hmm. If you are going to be the next leader of this organization, this is your time to prove it. And I need you to set an example on defense. You are going to have to figure out a way to stop the Nuggets from scoring because they won't be missing their two-star players, yeah. right? And right now, people are expecting Jamal to give you the business. So I need you to prove them wrong. I need you to show up on defense, get the rest of your team to show up on defense. God, I wish the Suns still had the twins. <laughs> um, and I know you do too, book. So with love, bitch too. I'm I'm expecting to see you win. We need Chris Paul to get this ring this year. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure Chris Paul will help you. You know, trying to get that that lead position in the team. Yeah, when he's, he's there. Gone. Like he's there to get you ready for that's it. That's what I'm saying. Like like yeah. CP3 so. forever. CP3. I still love you, CP3. CP3 is a Hall of Fame is. player. Put, yes. some, put some respect on his name. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Yes. Put some respect on his name. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Yes. CP3, like Kevin Durant. So this Lakers-Grizzlies um, series is still interesting, so keep watching that. Shout out to the Sun. Shout out to the Heat. Shout out to LSU for uh, snagging Haley Van Lith. Oh, um, yeah. That's going to be epic. Are they going back to back? <laughs> Dude, that team is about to be it's scary. Stacked. It's stacked. It's a stacked um, team. It was already stacked. Mm -hmm. Nice double stack. But that's mm -hmm. all we have. I think they've already made a couple of picks in the drafts. Um, number see. one pick, Jalen Carter. Oh, Carter's still. Oh, wait, wait, one? wait. No, 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 no. That's best available. The, say. The, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm reading it wrong. If you're watching this, JK. JK. That was best available. Carolina is still on the clock with six minutes okay. left. I don't okay. know what's taking so long. I feel like you should be prepared for this. Yes. But as for us, we are going to go our separate ways. Make sure you check out Pick Six Sports on YouTube. Grab you some drinks, grab you some food, enjoy the draft. Make sure you're following us on Twitter because we will be equipped with all the jokes and all the fangirling <laughs> over our new teammates. So on that note, I'm Bitch 2. I'm Juwan. I'm Flint. <laughs> <laughs> and we out. Bye. Bye. <laughs>